0: What's up guys welcome to the first ever episode 139 of the kind of funny games cast as always I'm Tim Geddes joined by Gerard the completionist. Make it his first ever appearance on the Kind of Funny Games cast. Hopefully not the last. No, definitely yeah. not the last. I'm, I'm liking this, man. We spent all day together. It's been you're fun. You're a cool-ass dude. Oh, we got some it. red lobster for lunch. <laughs> that was the questionable. Ch- the Cheddar Bay biscuits. We got them biscuits, though. Yeah. So that, that, that was definitely important. Also, you, you were my co-host on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Thank yeah. you very much for that. Uh,
1: thank you for having me. It was fun. One
0: of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller, is actually out in New York doing uh, some IGN WWE stuff. If you're watching this live, you'll be able to tomorrow watch uh, Greg host that on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. So that's going to be a fun time. Um, but instead, today it's just going to be a little nice one on one here. Yeah. So let's get right into it. This is the kind of funny games cast. Each and every week, we talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can get it early by going to patreon.com slash. Kind of funny games. Or you can get it late by going to YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Either way, we really appreciate you. You can also get it in podcast forms on iTunes or SoundCloud or Beyond Pod or whatever. I don't even know. Andy, what do you use for podcasts? Um
2: Uh I don't actually.
1: What the fuck type answer is that? You what don't do you, you don't do you... use the
2: podcast feed for your No, I subs? don't. I, I um no pocket cast. I use like Google Play. I, I use like Google Play music well, Google for Play. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Google Play. That's right. Yeah. iTunes I guess sub feed. Google Play. Yeah. All right. RSS yeah.
0: feeds. Google boy. <laughs> <laughs> so Gerard, for the people that don't know, yeah. again, who are you? What do you do? And why should people like you and why should they subscribe to youtube.com oh. slash that one video gamer.
1: That's such a tall order. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. So hi, my name is Gerard Khalil. Uh I've built a reputation on YouTube as the completionist for my uh, man versus game review show. Uh, every week I complete a game. That's my shtick. I've been doing it for six years. I've completed over 230 plus games. Am and by completed,
0: you don't just mean beats.
1: No, I, I do everything. All the achievements, all the trophies, unlockable secrets, every mode. I, I, no, no rock unturned. Everything is is, is looked at and, and checked at. Uh, and that's, I, I'm still amazed that I'm still here doing it. I didn't think I'd be here six years because I, I started this show s- literally six years ago uh like last friday so it's like congratulations. our congratulations thank you thank you um and so yeah it happens every friday we air at noon and uh yeah it's just it's one of the many things that i do i have a let's play show uh, i have a boy band uh called big bad bosses slide and, that one in there yeah there's a bunch of weird stuff out there but uh i think at the end of the day uh, I love creating, and mm-hmm. that's kind of I. When someone says, "What do I do?" I kind of say, "I create things," and that's that's kind of always been my motto: is that I'm, I'm a creator. That's why people are like, "You're a you're a games critic," and I go, eh, "That's <laughs> one way of seeing it, but yeah. I, I view myself more as a creator." You create who- content around games,
0: and what I what I think is really cool about your show, The Completionist, is it is a very in depth review. But it's not so much picking it apart; it's more of a breakdown of everything in the game. Yeah, like it is like a a
1: strategy guide almost, but condensed to the fun parts. (laughs) Yeah, I I view it as uh, doing my homework and showing proof. (laughs) Yeah, like if I'm going to give if I'm going to give a game a a score or or review kind of tile, uh, I get to say. I this is my view and opinion and validation because I went the extra mile and got all the achievements or I beat the game nine times in a row or whatever it, it is. And uh, that, that, I think that's what makes me different than everyone how, else. How, how do you not go crazy? Like, oh, I, I, go, I go crazy several times a week. I just don't let anyone show it. Yeah. I, try, I try my best to be like the best Hulk that I can do and mm-hmm. just kind of smash my way through things. And My God. yeah, Because
0: Greg Miller, I've seen him break as a human being. When a Platinum's involved. Yeah. Like just going that extra mile, just going, you know, the grind and just being like, "Is how is this even fun? <laughs> but then you just do, it's not even, there's not even a platinum trophy at the end of the, the stick sometimes for you. you yep. like you're just like, like re- Sonic Mania, I saw you uh, do when I watched your review, which was awesome. Thank Shout you. Shout out to Matt, by the way. Yeah, my yeah. My homie. Um, and it blows my mind because like when you complete that game, you didn't just beat it, you didn't just 100% it. You hundred percented every save file. <laughs> yeah, I, I did
1: every every possible run: Sonic single, Sonic and Tails, Knuckles, Tails, Knuckles and Knuckles mode, all the blue spheres, all the Chaos Emeralds in every game save. Like I, I went above and beyond, and, and I think for games like Sonic Mania, it's an absolute pleasure because I don't want the fun to go away. Yeah. Uh, whereas it's games like Samus Returns, where there's a lot, a lot less of that fun and passion because of the fact that. It's a pretty meaty game that requires a lot of diligence and patience, research and, and research strategy in terms <laughs> yeah. of like your path, yeah. <laughs> specific things. Wow, that is crazy. Um, you also have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash. That one video gamer, yeah. Video we uh, so you
0: can support them there as well.
1: Recently relaunched, uh, we have a show called Defend It, where it's based off of Phoenix Wright, and uh, it's me debating someone who looks is a person to soup named the Internet, and it's uh you know we we. A la Phoenix Wright in court courtroom cases anime style, we kind of go in depth and try. I try and defend games that I think are actually more fun or, or don't deserve as much hate as they do. Oh, I love And that. Uh, I get a lot of hate for that show because people get really heated about it. But that's the whole point of it. We, that's we recently great, man. we recently did a video on uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh yeah. And so I'm, I'm, a lot of people don't like that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm one of the few that do. I think, I think there's that's the thing about games. And that's why I love your guys' stuff so much. Is that it's so it's so easy to be mean. It's so easy to be negative and critical. And I think it's so much more interesting and more fun to like. You know, enjoy not only what we're doing, but enjoy games. You know, it, it's it's one thing to say this game sucks, and oh, I don't really like this aspect of the game. They're two yeah. different connotations. Actual criticism, absolutely. And and I think that's you know, I again, I don't consider myself a critic. I'm more like a video game appreciation enthusiast. enthusiast. Yeah, I think that's that's really what it is. And and I, I think that's important to know because we we're, yeah. we're in a we're in a lucky field where the content that we ingest not only is fun, but it's always evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, one year it's all about platformers. The next it's RPGs. The next yeah. it's a golf RPG. Yeah. There's so many interesting things happening all the time. And, and we're very lucky to kind of like, you know, enjoy this kind of fun medium that we're in.
0: Yeah. You bring up an interesting point uh, with Final fantasy 13 and just being like, Oh, Final fantasy 13 sucks. It's like such a gut reaction people can say. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even for me, there's things about the game that I do like and there's things I don't like. And it's so much more constructive to break down and be like, well, I like the battle system, but I didn't like the whiny characters or the voice right. acting or the um, how linear it was or whatever. But I did like blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. like that's so much more valuable than just Final Fantasy Thirteen sucks.
1: You know? Yeah, or you watch someone's YouTube video on it and you're like, that's my opinion now because I identify with that opinion as opposed to, well, that's... A good opinion to have, but I think X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and I think like that's a big component of the echo chamber of the internet is like you can. You're, I'm I'm always stoked to talk to people about their opinions on games as long as like it's their actual opinion and not mm-hmm. just something they read off of Reddit or or a top ten list from. GameSpot or IGN as long as your actual opinion this is what you believe in. then let's talk I it mean, out
0: I love the list and I love having the opinions on other people's opinions even yeah. right it's like I love yeah. looking at lists because it's like um, IGN infamously in, in my heart at least put up a list of their top 10 or ranking the mainline Final Fantasy games, yeah, and it's like look at it, Final Fantasy Twelve is number one, and I'm like, no, how, no, but it's just like there's that's cool, like it's cool that there that there is a, a group of people that are very respected that have an opinion and they put their opinion out there and they're yeah. standing by it, and I can feel however I want to about that
1: opinion, but it's hard not to rage sometimes at seeing those things, but like you have to remember at the end of the day, like that's a conversation piece, that's yep. that, and that's what it's about. It's about the conversation. I, th- I think that's
0: just so important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um I want to give a shout out to all of the Patreon supporters out there watching us live, but I also want to give a shout out to Tom Bach, our Patreon producer for this lovely month of October. Woo! Yay! And I want to give a shout out to all of the other Patreon supporters at the I want to say $20 or above level. Your names will be flowing through here. Yeah? I just wanted to be Oh, about it. Great. Yeah, thanks what are you Nick. Doing now? I'm going to give him a hug, so I got to go. You're
1: oh, leaving? dude, so, yeah, so good Hannah. seeing started you. to on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, man. Cheers. Yeah, take, take it easy. Back.
0: Enjoy your day Thank you. So as Nick leaves, a funny little side note here. You actually are good friends and know Matt Scarpino. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck?
1: Yeah. Crazy, crazy world of, of the internet. So uh Nick's brother Matt is married to my uh high school drama teacher, Carrie Hayter. She trained me for eight, I'd say 10 years, 10 years of my life in in theatrical writing, directing, acting, producing. She was the reason why I got into making YouTube. She was like the heart and soul of who I am. She really, you know, at a young age, she embraced me and and gave me the raw talent and and drive and desire I wanted in my life. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't say it enough to her, but she means so much to me and she's this guiding light force. And, Matt was always with her and the two of them really like kind of nurtured me and protected me throughout my, my young adult years. And so oh, uh, there's nothing scarier than Matt Scarpino <laughs> and young adults. <laughs> well, of, of things to do and not to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it was funny when, when you guys started, when you guys announced kind of funny, uh, I didn't realize that Nick and Matt were brothers. I had no idea. And it wasn't until my Facebook feed, I saw Matt share the video and I had this moment of, "Oh man, like what a small ass yeah. world." I had no idea. That's
0: so crazy cuz yeah. like, we, we first met you at SGC 2015, years ago. I think yeah, it was 2015. 2015. It was yeah. our our first convention that we had done as kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just so crazy because I remember, like, I knew who you were. And I remember you came up to Nick and started talking to like, oh, yeah, I know Matt. And I was like, what the fuck is happening yeah. right now? Because Nick <laughs> is the most oblivious person. Like, Nick doesn't know anyone on YouTube. He doesn't know anything. He's Nick Scarpino. What, what does he know? <laughs> he knows three things. He's the keeper of three things. I don't remember what they are, but The de- Departed, <laughs> like, whether or not The Departed's a good movie, is The Departed a good movie? I think so.
1: Absolutely is. Nick's an idiot. Does he not like it? No, he hates it. Oh, man. He hates I'm it. I'm glad we didn't talk about that, Elon lunch. Yeah else i would not be here
0: (laughs) um but but anyways yeah it's such a small world but it's funny because when i was giving you the tour of the studio you look and you're like this is matt scarpino's oh absolutely it is (laughs) this is
1: all matt scarpino
0: (laughs) god that is so damn funny all right Uh, i want to talk about what games we have been playing recently andy i want to bring you on real quick to tell us a little bit about this
2: golf story have you been playing Golf Story at all? I just downloaded it. Woo. I haven't I haven't had the time. So we talked about it a bit last week. Um, but I did play a little bit more after Kevin's wedding. That was like the main... As soon as we left the wedding, I was like, I'm going to go home. I was staying at my girlfriend's place. I was like, I'm going to play Golf Story. She's out of town. She's on vacation. Live it up, bro. Dude, we're fucking living it dude, up, dude. No
1: girls, no rules. It's the
2: freaking weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Yeah, so we just uh, popped in that golf story, played for like fucking five hours. But I'd also played like five hours before the wedding. Um, I I will say that I've gotten to a point where the story gets really kooky and weird, and I'm loving it. Uh, but the dialogue is still so on point; like it's so funny, and it hasn't lost any of the charm that it had for me. Like when I started playing the game, and I was like. We'll see how long this can last, and uh, I'd say I'm about maybe 12 hours in, maybe something like that, and I, I'm loving it so far. Um, haven't played it since that night, though, since mm-hmm. that day. Um, and then last night I started up Hob, uh, and Hob was announced in 2015, and it just got released last what week. What systems is on? Um, It's on PS4 and Steam, I believe. I don't think it's on Xbox, but. I I wanna say I saw it at PAX East. It might be on Xbox Yeah, Yeah. But uh, it is a game by Runic Games. They're the ones who made Torchlight. Um, And so it is essentially a top down, uh, very similar to Link to the Past, um, where you, um, except it's a little bit more uh, skill based in terms of like defeating enemies and dodging them and dodge rolling away from people. Souls like Soul's like game. <laughs> now there is no di- <laughs> there's no dialogue so far, uh, which is really cool. Um and it, in that vein it reminds me a lot of Hyperlight Drifter, where yeah. you're just uh how Hyperlight Drifter communicated uh in only photos and or like drawings and shit like that. This is essentially just um it reminds me of how good animation is made, where there's no dialogue, but it's it's the mark of a good animation where you can still get across like what's <laughs> happening, and that's um that's what I'm getting a lot of uh I'm getting a lot of like sort of Pixar's vibes when they <laughs> when they release those uh, shorts that don't have dialogue, but you still get that emotion out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Oh man, that was really good. He was the guy. He looked like the guy from The Office, right? He did. Yeah, he looked like Jim. Uh, but it's really cool so far. I, I didn't play it much. I was just like basically playing it because I was waiting for a render to go through last night. Um, and I can't wait to dig into it uh, you probably play, more tonight. You, you played on PS4? PS4, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing on PS4. Um, along with, And I've also been playing, uh, I've still been playing 2K18. The story mode's still silly and not great. Um, and holy shit, during every cutscene, my PS4 Pro sounds like a goddamn jet engine. <laughs> And I don't know why you you would have thought the the pro that they would have figured out how to control the jet because this I mean it's we're not watching a like a Final Fantasy movie you know what I'm saying like it's not Mm -hmm. like this crazy intense cutscene yeah this isn't spirits within with all the awesome like (laughs) cloth remember though yeah like that cloth looks so real uh I don't know why it's so loud and why it's performing so badly, but it is, and it's kind of worrisome because it's just a fucking cutscene. Like, hopefully they they fix that bug or whatever. One thing I did notice, not really game related, but PS4 related, custom lists. Yay. We get, we, uh, you know, with all the the. Of course, as soon as I got hired here, I got a lot of friend requests from the best friends, and that's awesome. But I can't find my friends that I know in real life that I never get to see that I want to play games with. Yeah, and because that's like my only form of communication with them now. And now you can set up custom lists with your best friends where it's not a group. You know, Groups were this weird thing where everybody was opted in. So like, I could add you to a group and friends from back home. and But you guys don't know each other, so you don't want to be in this fucking group. You can only you interact, interact in, the in the group. Yeah, yeah it's very Nucleus-based. I just wanted, uh, like Steam has your best friends list or like Xbox has your real friends list or whatever. Uh, and I'm so glad that we have that now because I can sort of sort all my... Rooster Teeth friends and all my friends from back home in Texas and stuff like that. So I'm really jazzed about that. Hell yeah. Yeah. So games are cool, man. Games are cool, man. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Gerard, what have you been playing? Oh, <laughs> man. What have I been playing? Uh, Well, let's
1: see. Hat in Time. That comes out tomorrow, I believe. So Hat in Time is the Mario 64-like it's more, it's more like Mario Sunshine, if anything. Really, and,
0: and why is that? Because Greg has pitched this game to me. Greg saw this at Judges Week before E3, and he mm-hmm. was like Tim, like you got to get on this. It's, yeah, it's like, and he said it's like Mario sixty four. It's
1: it's a lot like Mario. It's, it's a Mario platformer by an indie company who has been working on this game for a very, very, very long time. I know a lot of the artists uh, that that worked on the game. They've they've done contract work for me or some animation for my music videos. A lot of these artists who work on these videos or on the, on this game. Are super proud of their work and and it shows it is beautiful. Um it's essentially a a beautiful 3D action platformer. You know, collectibles and missions and and quests and characters and it's a lot of fun. It's uh it really has this uh cell shaded kind of Wind Waker effect for it. Mm. And uh it's it's not quite so cel- I don't know if it is cell shading or not, but it's it's got that same kind of style and it's it's great you you'll you know i think uh you know everyone was kind of iffy on ukulele i think this is kind of leaning towards the this is what we wanted from the beginning interesting so why would you say it's more sunshine than 64 uh mostly because of the environments um you know the just like the hub worlds in the in the open world area it feels very much like wind waker slash uh sunshine where it's like you know boats and docks and and, mm. and oceans and you know bayside areas more or less whereas with 64 it's like your hub world's a castle yeah and you've got you jump in a painting it's a different different thing Whole altogether different world, yeah, yeah yeah and so these ones are more kind of there there is a lot of those worlds where it's like you know crazy ventures but at least the beginning the beginning stages and and kind of your atmosphere going into it feel very reminiscent of of mario sunshine more or less than uh than 64 interesting yeah
0: and so right now i think it's available on everything except for switch
1: i think yes well i think on launch it's only available on steam Mm. but it's coming to xbox one ps4 by the end of this year interesting so by the end of the holiday we either the end of the holiday or early 2018 2018. we should be seeing it on 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 ps4 and xbox one
0: see my thing is i i mean i love it and more platformers always a good thing to me but we got Odyssey in a couple weeks. It's like I, I know sh- that like I need another 3D platformer right now.
1: I, you and I talked about this for like a hot minute, but I on I'm with you in that 2017 may be the best year in games we've had in quite a while. The the I was sitting there trying to come up with my top 10 games of 2017, and just like from a what's out right now perspective, and there's so many games like yeah. whether they're good or bad or in between. Like there's just been a lot of content. You've got you know, started the year strong with Resident Evil Seven, and I mean that's the thing is I forget that's this year, right? And Like <laughs> the
0: beginning I of January, that game think, came out. Trying to think of my top ten, it's like is Resident Evil Seven in there? Because I can't in the beginning of the year. If you would ask me, I'd be like absolutely, there's yeah. no way by the end of this year it won't be. And like now, it's like it that's near the bottom of the list. Yeah. But I mean, I it's such a great game, and I find myself thinking about Final, or not Final Fantasy Resident Evil Seven, um, where I'm like, wow, they really did it. They yeah. made a first person Resident Evil, like
1: they, they said they it. they brought it back to horror, to horror. and it worked and it worked really well. And it wasn't like it didn't require a lot of backstory. It didn't require a lot of investment., yeah. brand new story, brand new atmosphere, same type of horror. It, and it had elements from the other games where it wasn't intrusive. And I think you you really kind of feel for the villains. You're like, mm-hmm. you're with them or you're against them or you're, you know, it's yeah. like, it's this weird dynamic thing. They, they did a great job with it. Mm-hmm. That was like the first game of the year. And then, and then the switch came out and then we got breath of the wild I and mean, before then horizon horizon came out right before that inspector Knight. you know, from oh shovel night. Like so it's just, oh, they, they, they crushed it and they're still crushing it across the board this year. Every, almost indie triple a doesn't matter. You know, we've exclusive, exclusive party. It's been man. crazy. It's been crazy, I, and we still have Odyssey. Odyssey's right around the we corner. Still,
0: we still have Odyssey. We still have Battlefront. Front. We still South Park. Battlefront.
1: we Shadow of War comes Shadow out. War. I think we have this week. So much coming, man. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. There's a lot of content out there. I think. I think it's a great. It's a great year to play games. Yeah, man. Yeah, it really damn games is.
2: Are
0: cool, games, games are, are cool. cool, man. Games are cool. Games are, Put are cool. Put the box. Um, what else have you been playing?
1: Oh man, uh, Cuphead. Let's talk about Cuphead, Cuphead, Cuphead. cuphead. Oh, it is tough. Man. It is It is scary, but it is so good. It is so good.
0: I I feel like I might be praising the game too much, like in, in people's opinions. Like they're going to be like, Tim, <laughs> Tim. like Shut up, man. Tim. <laughs> man, Cuphead to me is perfect. Like Cuphead is I have criticisms and it's it's perfect in you know the sense of as perfect as perfect can be.
1: I never really say perfect as in like it's 100% the best. It's just like You just like, know how the comments are going to work. Yeah, record. it's like no, perfect is like I I'm enjoying every aspect of it despite its flaws. It's oh a great game. Oh my god, game. man. I was so hyped for this game when
0: I first heard about it as was everybody because it looks amazing and it's such a fresh take yeah. on a platformer. Like these days retro is model like retro is something that we get so often that it's not even a novel idea anymore yeah so to get something like this and it's like wow like this is just it's breathtaking to to think about the level of detail that it's not just the the hand-drawn art it's the backgrounds it's the way that the things animate it's the the music it's the film grain it's all of that the aesthetics are beautiful but then as it kept going on i was just like oh shit it's gonna be really hard I'm not that type of gamer. Like, I, I don't know that I really want to deal with all that. And it's like, oh, it's just bosses. Like, oh, I want platforming. Like, this game looks like it should be a platformer. And then when they added platforming, it got delayed or like, not delayed, but th- there was just no release date. And yeah. it just kept getting further and further out. There was that more and more E3s. And I got to play the platforming levels. I was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this at all. Like, it's this doesn't feel right. It's not fun. It's just, it looks good, but it's not fun. And to see it now and to be playing it, I love the platforming levels. I love the boss fights. It is hard, but it's challenging. It's not bullshit.
1: What's crazy is that the gameplay doesn't change that much throughout the game. If you take the time to learn and embrace what the game is teaching you, and you just sit there and you concentrate, yeah, you can get upgrades to change how some some things behave and react, but at the core, the, core, the game does not change. The only thing that changes is that the bosses get harder, and they teach you... To encounter New those techniques. bosses, yeah,
0: the the, the parry system. We're in the beginning, you're like, eh, I'm not really gonna do this. But by the end of the game, you're like, I'm fucking doing it, like, yeah, and because you realize that pairing boosts your super meter, and supers are super useful, yeah, and they can really fuck the bosses up. And when you start finding the or unlocking the different weapons, and understanding what bosses. are uh, are what weapons are best to use against specific bosses and like mm-hmm. the, the trial and error of losing 37 times to a boss it never to me so far it,
1: I'm with you doesn't feel doesn't like
0: doesn't feel like oh this fucking sucks it's like yeah. I'm fucking up I'll get them next yeah. time. I'll get them next time. And then it's like you back out to the map and exactly. then you're like, I'm going to change out my loadout and maybe this other weapon is going to be better for this.
1: It's got that super meat boy quality of this isn't the game's fault for its design. It's my fault. Yeah, I'm the reason why I got hit by this little pellet that I didn't see because I was paying attention to these the rest sheep of the screen. attacking me head on. Like it, I'm I'm responsible for every move made or not made. And I think that to me is a sign of, of good game design mm-hmm. is – where th- it's almost like you the gamer are saying oh i'm sorry like uh, every time you die you're like well it's my fault i'm sorry like yeah. you're accepting responsibility for your faults, and it's because you're learning and you're growing with the game pretty soon to the point where you're like yo let's do this 100 percent run let's not get hit let's get let's let's keep uh, parry up to six times and, and, yeah, and yeah, use yeah. the super moves and you, you start to get into the rhythm and flow of it not because uh like, it's required, but because you, you want, want to. to. Yeah. You know, like, and
0: I think that that's uh, something very special about the game because it's so visually interesting. You want to play it right to make it look like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was playing and my, my girlfriend was watching me, and it's one of those games where she was like, I just like looking at this. Yeah. You know, like, I I like I want you to, to keep going. I want to see what's next because it's so inventive. And uh, the most kudos I can give the, the team over at uh, Studio MDHR is every little detail they just nailed, like, the moment you boot the game up and there's the title screen and there's that vocal song yeah. that is in the right style, the barbershop quartet style of the, the 1930s that you would see in those cartoons. I'm like, oh, wow, like this song is about the game. And then later when you when you meet the the Dice Man. The hey, King dice,
1: Mr. King Die, Yeah, it's, it's so like, good. Oh, my
0: God. It's like they just, they're like, you wow. Sit, you, you sit there you, and you're you like
1: did. listening. Yeah.
0: You go to the merchant and it's that pig and you, there's just that vocal sample of the welcome. And it's just yeah. like, wow, every little thing. The, the moment you're like... All right, I'm through the looking glass on this, and I understand. It looks great and sounds great. I'm over it. There's some new cool thing. Like, there's a a, a boss fight against the genie. Did you play that yes, one yet? Yes, yes. That's, that's the fight I'm currently on. And you do that, and all of a sudden, it looks totally different than the rest of the uh, levels have because the background is using an old animation technique where it's spinning, like, and it looks like it's moving, but everything else in front of it isn't. Yeah, And I'm like... Good lord! Like this reminds me of the old Disney cartoons that used to do this type of technique, and it give, gives me a sense of wonder um, of like how the fuck are they doing this that I haven't had since like the Super Nintendo uh, and like seeing F Zero for the first time or seeing like Yoshi's Island of how the, all the backgrounds and layers will interact with each other.
1: What's crazy is that for for this game and all of its ambitiousness, it it's constantly. It's never discouraging. It's never it's never like, you know, well, this is just too hard to like get good at it. It's always with patience with time you get better. And I think that no one knew that's the kind of game they wanted. Because I, I've already seen, you know, the hit pieces from outlets being mm-hmm. like, this game is this game too hard? Is can the looks and aesthetics alone save this game? It's like, well, first off, the game's doing well, so it's not in trouble. Yeah. Second, people didn't know they wanted a game like Cuphead, and now they love it. People didn't know that a old school cartoon as a bullet hell platformer would work and now it's a thing that didn't that exists and now it's a thing people want and i think we're seeing this kind of trend in in the gaming industry where being weird but doing it really well is totally okay absolutely go
0: shoot for the stars and and i love that there's something inherent about the art style of 1930s cartoons that wacky and weird just fits right there's in. there's
1: so much like evil imagery in this cartoon oh, yeah. and, and you're never once like unsettled like by the, it or exactly. it's, it's bizarre like, this
0: feels right and the way the boss is tra- like every boss has like three or four transformations where it'll just change but because it's this style like it's looney tunes it can just they can morph and change and a uh a, like a, a cat or a mouse can like use a tin can as a tank and then get eaten by a cat but then the cat's head opens up and it, you see that the the mouse is using the cat as a mech. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell? But it's like I feel like the game being so challenging. And every boss fight, when you do it right, is only two or three minutes.
1: Oh, yeah. The the golden standard for getting the 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 grading for the best time is two minutes on almost every boss. And like to me, that is a great
0: trial and error time where it's not too frustrating. If you fuck up, you're not wasting hours going yeah. back and forth. Um, but in addition to that, I feel like it's challenging. And every time you get to the next section or transformation of the boss, you feel like you earned it. And then you get to see something cool and you're always asking what's next.
1: And when you die and you see the, the, the indicator of cuphead and, and mug, uh, cuphead and mugman. mug, Mugman, man. I, I really think you should call them mug face as in like a mug face, you know, oh, like yeah. mugging them down. I thought it was so, so close to being that so much. Close. Yeah. They already had it with, with everything else. But, uh, seeing the icons on screen tracking your progress it just kind of goes to show oh i almost did it or i just i barely touched that oh, flag yeah. and it's really reassuring that there were so many moments where i got to the end and i'm like a sliver away it's like from that flag. it's like on the flag it's at the end and like oh if i survived just a few seconds longer i would have had And it. it's the ultimate thing of like Oh, one more. I got it. One more. You know? Two minutes. I got this. I got this. Yeah. And oh, and that's so that's the beauty of it. It's it's the consumption of time, right? Two minutes for every boss. No boss should take more than two minutes. And so you're like, okay, that's a challenge I can do, or I'm yeah. going to try and do Four it. Four hours later. Four hours later, you're like, oh, man, I didn't even get close to the end, but I feel freaking good that I learned and I grew and learned more about how to do it. And I, it's just, it's so smart. It's yeah. so smart without... Beating you over the head.
0: And I love that there's a, well, I think once you hit World 2, there's like a little pool of water you can go over to and, and talk to it. And it will tell you how many times you've died. Yeah. Total. And I'm like, oh, I love that. I, I love that the game is aware of what it is. It understands that you're going to die. That's part of the gameplay design. It's part of the loop. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's just great. And I, I really enjoy probably more than anything that the game is designed in a way where it understands what's fun about video games. Yeah. The challenge of the platforming levels is the obstacles. The challenge of the boss fights is learning the patterns. I, I, I talked about this on Games Daily uh, with Greg a couple days ago. Back in the day with Contra, back in the day with Metal Slug or Mega Man, you gotta get through the whole level and then fight the boss. And if you lose at the boss all the three times the and you lose your three lives all the way back to the beginning, do that level again, as hard as it is, do the boss and all the stuff, and I'm like, "There's a time and place for those games. We're not there anymore." Like the that was a padding to have people play a game longer because they only had one game for a year at a time or whatever right. it was. With Cuphead, they're like, "No, we're it, this is the greatest hits album of what we're trying to do." There's no filler in this game. There's absolutely no filler in Cuphead, and I'm, I haven't beat it yet. I am at the end of World Three, so I have, I think three bosses left i think
1: the filler if you will is going the full completionist route you know is is getting and to me that doesn't seem like it doesn't i think that's that's the gratifying thing right it's one thing when you're playing a sonic game and it's like you know you got a b or an a or a c you know you could do better but this game is like you know hey there young wimpers, was not about you got an a plus look at you you get a gold star like that kind of satisfaction is so interesting to the point where it makes you want to sit down with a friend and go okay you need to get good as me let's play together and get good at the game and i think that kind of like camaraderie doesn't happen in games very often especially local games where you're like we have to get good together as a group gotta Gotta, get good. gotta get good yeah oh man any other games you've been playing um marvel's capcom infinite really so what are your thoughts um you know it's it's a very love hate thing. I think that in terms of accessibility, it's the, it's the easiest to digest and play Marvel game so far. I think that it, it, it looked at the formula of the, of the fighting game and said, how do we make it simple for people for casuals, but more in depth and entertaining for the hardcore fans that have known and loved with the grown with the franchise. But I think that for me, it's never been about characters or graphics, but I think This time around, it has become about characters and graphics. The character list is fine. You know, I think they have a solid, solid list on both ends, but it just doesn't seem like they put enough in. It doesn't seem like Mm. enough characters. It doesn't seem like enough of a a thoughtful choice was decided for these characters. And then you add that the models just kind of not looking very solid, and it kind of just puts this weird. You know, John, yeah, experience. yeah, and I mean I was one of those people out there that bought the collector edition that got the eggs and it really I don't know if you've seen them, but no the collector editions of Marvel's Capcom Infinite all they're supposed to come with four statues one of Mega Man uh, Iron Man Chun-Li and um, Captain Marvel though and and along with that is you get DLC season pass stuff for the whole game as well as exclusive costumes And I think you also get, yeah, you get the Infinity Stones. And the Infinity Stones are supposed to, based on the photos and based on what we've seen presentation-wise from Capcom, they advertised it as if you were getting something a little more texturized, like the Chaos Emeralds, where Mm. they were more like rubies or gems or, you know, that kind of stuff. What everyone got was a box that had Easter eggs glued into it and the easter eggs light up and you can't take the easter eggs out. And that's what we got. And and, and it's I I I don't think I've seen one that isn't that. Like they huh. they're all like that. And this thing was 200 bucks. Capcom oh, did not man. send me this. I pre-ordered it. I wanted to make sure I got it and I finally got it. It was the first collector's edition that I've bought in years where I was Very confused and upset as to what I got inside the box. That sucks, man. It's two hundred
0: dollars. Does that turn you off to buying collectors editions in the future? I mean,
1: I usually—I don't know because I'm that guy that buys collectors every time, depending on the game and if I love it. But I was just—I was so blown away at how bad it was, Hmm. and I—I and I—it's—I don't know if it's me being upset because I spent two hundred bucks or me being upset for the company because this was supposed to be promised as a cool, exclusive experience and. I just got Easter eggs, you got some eggs. And, and, I, and I wish I wish that I was wrong. I wish that like, I can send mine back and get better ones. My Chun-Li model has red eyes. Chun-Li looks high. <laughs> she looks so high. Her, her eyes are red on the outside and on the inside. She looks baked out of her mind and it's I'm just blown away. I'm blown away that they dropped the ball that hard. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about the game, too. It's I'm like I'm lukewarm. I'm, yeah. I, I like the gameplay. I love the fighting. I even like the story. Uh, it's just the graphics and the characters. I, I think I, I honestly think that if they can get the X-Men involved somehow and and they release patch updates for character models, mm-hmm. this could be the game that eventually get around to it. But kind of like Street Fighter V, it's a little brim and bear right now. Yeah,
0: it's too little too late at the same
1: time. Exactly. Like, you can't drop
0: the ball that many times. I feel like Capcom really has been doing that. Like, it's great that they are focusing on the hardcore and the fighting game community. And yeah, they're giving them what they want, but it's like. These are also the type of games that need to not just be accessible to the mainstream and to casuals, but mm-hmm. uh,
1: to be to be good and to be impressive. And that's the thing is that from a visual standpoint, with the background work and like the moves that are happening, you're kind of like, wow, this looks pretty cool and pretty great. But then you get to some stages where you go, that looks like it came out on PS3 or 360 or... Uh, Frank West's model looks like when you choose your character and it says you know Frank West and it's like I'm on the case. His his box art for who he is as, as his character select looks like Frank West from Dead Rising. His actual like figure that's there on the on the character select screen does not look like Frank. It looks like knockoff Frank. And I'm, I'm just, all I'm seeing is the Spider Man Spider Man without a neck. Yeah, and the Captain America It's like what? Who the fuck designed these? Like why? Is it's very interesting and and. And I keep seeing they recently just announced um, the costumes for uh, Monster Hunter and for Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And those models and costumes look 10 times better Hmm. than anything else in the game so far. And so everyone, it's kind of been a meme on my Twitter feed that like that's where all the money went. The money went into the DLC and into the, the world expansion portion of the game because Monster Hunter looks awesome. You know, Black Panther looks awesome. They, you can tell they put a lot of time and caring to those characters. But then you look at, at Frank West or Morgan or, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of who else that looks okay. Uh, Dante. She looked horrible. She looked horrible. The yeah. Dante, they, they, they kind of half fixed. Um, so I, 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 that's the thing. I love the game. I love the community. I'm a huge fighting game fan. I'm at Evo in the front row. If you're ever watching Disney XD and you're like, who's that homeless guy in the front row screaming? That's me in every shot. Like I love the FGC and Evo and the fighting game community. And it, it, it bums me out that Marvel. What they get. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's, it's not disrespectful to the casuals. It's disrespectful to the hardcore. Mm. And I hope that Capcom is kind of weighing their options. I definitely don't, I mean, are we, we're probably going to get Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. You know, we're probably going to yeah. get Super Marvel versus Capcom Infinite or Ultra Street Fighter Five. And if we do, I hope those changes equate to what make the community happy. But again, you said it best. Might be too little, too late. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All what right. about you? What have you been playing? I've, uh, I've been well, talking Cuphead. this whole time. Just Cuphead's, Cuphead.
0: Yeah, man, that's pretty much been it. I've been wanting to get into Golf Story, but I got a code too late. Then we had my friend Kevin's wedding, and we were doing a whole bunch of stuff. And then Cuphead is. I mean. Again, I'm not good at games, so Cup. It's taken me some time, yeah. uh, But I'm going to beat this shit. Yeah, man. I I feel good about it. Like, it'll be a badge of honor for me. Yeah, to be like, I did it. I was there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do a segment I like to call "This Week in Gaming History." Seven years ago, on October 5th, 2010, Enslaved: Odyssey to the West came out on PS3 and 360. You play this? I've not. I own it though. One of the most underrated games of last generation. Who made it? uh team ninja team ninja okay yeah. and it is fantastic it's just one of those under the radar games that don't exist anymore now uh it's it's kind of that you know middle tier um you know it comes out and like you, you hear about it but it's like no one really played it or talks about it and then yeah. once people start playing it, they're like no you gotta you gotta play it. it reminds me of spec ops the line a lot where yeah like, yeah the people that play it are like swear by it like you got to do this or vanquish yes Um, i love vanquish
1: vanquish is so fun so damn good yeah
0: but yeah enslaved if you can get your hands on it i definitely recommend it 13 years ago on october 4th 2004 tony hawk's underground 2 came out on playstation 2 Hmm. probably the last tony hawk game that i really enjoyed
1: and the last one I played was Tony Hawk Three. Oh, really? For, for PS for PS two. Mm. Um, I
0: love Tony Hawk games. So yeah. I, oh, they're so I, good. I yeah. Wrote it out. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> pretty pretty far. Like I, the last one that I fully played and hundred percented and was into was American Wasteland, which is was the one right after this. And that one, I was like, ah, you're starting to lose me. And, yeah. And then then they went a totally different route with uh, the sequels with. Um, uh, Project Eight, and then Proving, ride. proving Ground, mm. and then they hit Ride and stuff like that, and those were just a total disaster. What a! F- uh, but the, Doug Two was the one with the the Jackass stuff and Van Margera, and they just went full into that kind of style. But it also brought back Classic Mode, uh, so that the it was the classic two minute get as many tapes as you can and, and score time the, attack, get yeah, state yeah. and all that stuff. And oh my god, I loved it so much. Fourteen years ago. On October seven, two thousand three, Beautiful Joe came out on GameCube.
1: Yo, Beautiful Joe, that talk about underrated games. Beautiful Joe is incredible. Yeah, so much Do fun. Do you think
0: we'll ever get a sequel? Or uh, another
1: sequel. I don't know. I'd like, I'd like it. I, I don't know. I feel like Beautiful Joe has had a lot of little one-off spin-off actions here and there, aside from the GameCube titles. And it makes me have hope and faith, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think it just depends on on if and when. Like, if yeah. they do, they make it now. Or do they make it 10, year, ten years from now? I
0: mean, Capcom is just in such an interesting place when you look at them. Like, they've always been a consistent force in the gaming industry, and they've always put out quality titles. And not not I mean, not every title they put out is quality, but like they they always have a couple franchises that are doing well. And I feel like right now is. A rare time where, yeah, they had Resident Evil Seven, um, but then they do things like this Marvel vs. Capcom situation. They do things like Street Fighter Five, and it's like, where's the Capcom that I remembered? Like, where's the Capcom that would was come with the the heat at all yeah. times? You know, it's looking at their uh, Switch offering so far. It's like, whoa, like this is very tepid, yeah, for a company that usually would just go all in and see great results from it.
1: Let me, let me ask you this: Do you think? And this is, this is something I always toy with when I talk to people about, like, the games industry, right? Do you think if Capcom started selling properties to other companies, do you, like, you know, they sell yeah. an IP to mm-hmm. someone else, do you think if Capcom went to Nintendo and said, here's Mega Man, it's yours, all of Mega Man, have fun, do you think, like, that's a good thing, a bad thing, creative, or, like, maybe not necessarily giving them the reins, but going to, let's say... You know, an indie dev company that has that same familiarity. Like imagine if uh, you know, Capcom went to yacht club games yeah. and was like, Hey, you guys Make made Shovel Knight. Fix it. Here's Mega Man, fix it. Yeah. Or, you know, they have their own version of Sonic Mania where the fans made something like it and they go boom. Here you go. Make this. Yeah. You know. Good luck.
0: I mean, it's interesting, and I, th- I think we've seen that happen uh, to an extent a couple times, especially even with, with Capcom. Uh, but with Nintendo going to Capcom and yeah. making a uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons yeah. on uh, the Game Boy, and those games are amazing. They are. Um, but but I don't. I can't imagine uh, those type of like, big IPs ever really just being dumped like that, right? Because like, obviously they, they spent Sorry, some- Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> uh, the gas cheap cheap. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. A topic that we're gonna do on Gamescast, not today, but at some point um, that someone sent in was, what about the idea of game developers doing the equivalent the of the way people do covers of songs, but covers of games? interesting you know where it's like where it would be a you know capcom style whatever game and then yeah. and just go back and like see what like what uh metal gear solid would look like made by i don't know whoever else yeah. yeah but anyway uh tweet at me and let me know if you have any suggestions of ideas that you think would be cool about that 17 years ago on october 4th 2000 oh man i didn't put the the date there it must be just 2000. Uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike came out.
1: Oh, man. Do you have a lot of fond memories of that one? Oh, yeah. I just bought a Third Strike uh, arcade cabinet from my office. Holy shit. It's a lot of fun. So you're in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Street Fighter 3 was interesting because it'd been so long since Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. and we've had so many iterations of it, right? Yeah. So that by the time 3 came, it was different. It was like, here's a cast of characters. Like, you're not getting the same eight. Plus four, plus four. <laughs> the, not, uh, not to mention the, 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 the art you know, style is way
1: different and, and the and mechanics are way different. I love the art style. Yeah. It's
0: beautiful. I miss games looking like that. It's yeah. just so great. Um, but it was a bold choice for them to be like, hey, Ryu's there. Ken's there. Chun-Li's there. Dalsim's there. I think that was it. I I think so. And the rest is all new. And then the rest was all new characters and that's such an interesting choice for them to make with the franchise as iconic as Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, And it didn't really pay off for them because, you know, people were like, where's the characters we want? And eventually they kept iterating and all that. And then Street Fighter like died. Uh, Like there was the fighting game community had it and like they loved it. But then it wasn't until it was like a fighting game crash almost. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. And yeah, there was a fighting game renaissance when Street Fighter Four came out years later.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny uh, thinking about Street Fighter Four when it first came out because it's like it felt like Street Fighter Two. You mm-hmm. know, it felt so. It felt like you we were playing Street Fighter Two again for the first time, but there were supers and there were you know, and then eventually ultras. And yeah. It's like it. It felt very familiar, even though it was three D, two D, and. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm rooting for Capcom. I always am. I th- I'm always rooting for every game company that makes a game. I want them to, to succeed because it just means more games because video games are fucking cool. Video games are cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that needs to be the tagline of the show. I, I love it. I'm just waiting for an Musha though. Speaking of Capcom, oh, can man, bring that back, please?
1: Whew. I love another Okami. I, see,
0: my thing with Okami, and I, I feel the same way about Beautiful Joe, I don't know that we need more. I, I, I like. I guess like that let, it was let, let what the it curtain was. Stay where it yeah, is. It's yeah. Like, you know, can they really do Okami better? I don't know. Like the there was the DS sequel, right? Yeah. And it was all right. It, it was good. It was okay. Like, but uh, but man, Okami was a special moment in time, right? Um, this next one, I actually don't have any real memories of it, but I imagine you do. Seventeen years ago on October fifth, two thousand, Skies of Arcadia came out on dreamcast
1: oh man i i recently just did the top 10 video on on my dreamcast games i never played this game but i but i I own it mm. uh it's definitely one of the most requested games i get for the show because you know it's a big 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 game um but yeah i know nothing about it Hmm. i just have it on gamecube and dreamcast Dreamcast.
0: (laughs) 19 years ago on october 1st 1998 medieval came out PlayStation. Yo, medieval. What that, a, What a game. What a game that is like, honestly, not that good. No. But it's like, you have fond memories of it because you're like, well, we're playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What like, a fascinating game. That was game. such a demo game for me. Where it was. I, I had a demo disc with it on it, and I would play that demo all the time just because I had it. Yeah. But it's just like,
1: and the character design was cool. Like, I, I what was his name? Sir? Uh, Sir, not Sir Drake. Uh, Oh my God, why can't I think Sir. of it? Sir Daniel. Sir Daniel. Sir Daniel. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah,
0: And it's just like, all right, why not? The eye and everything, yeah. like, cool.
1: But yeah. Definitely unsettling <laughs> if you're trying to pitch a game to kids, because it felt very kind of kiddish, but not well, really. It was interesting, because it's such
0: a PlayStation game. PlayStation yes. 1. It's such a, like, mid to late 90s Um we're cool, and it we're a little darker
1: than Polygon. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, and it's
0: like we had this character that's a skeleton, but it's still kind of goofy and for kids. Yeah, so yeah, it's definitely going to be lost in time. Yeah, eventually. absolutely. I remember, I remember last last gen um, during the PS3 era, there was that leaked footage that came out of like what looked like a, a- PS3 M- sequel, and then it, nothing ever really came from that.
1: I only I didn't play. I played one and two. There was a PS2 game as well, wasn't there? Oh, I don't think so. Or am I just making that up? Hmm, maybe hmm. I'm just making it up.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was one of those dormant franchises yeah. that just went away. Hmm. Um. Twenty years ago, on October 2nd, 1997, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. What a legend! Came out on what a
1: legend! That game is so good. Yeah, that's a game that I can pick up once a year and just like fuck it, I'm going through. Let's it. go! Yeah. Yeah. Tons of fun. Did you ever do that for one of your games? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's what I'm gonna have to redo. But mm. I'm gonna have just as Great much fun doing, doing it yeah
0: <laughs> uh 22 years ago very near and dear to my heart october 4th 1995 yoshi's island came out Ooh. on super nintendo and again i've said i'm a broken record it might be my favorite game of all time i it's, love it's pretty game. freaking good yeah it's, it's just, just so so beautiful The it's boss so design it's the, so
1: different it's yeah. not mario world dash 2 it's yoshi's island it's yeah, a very no. different game and people do not give it enough credit. It, uh, it sucks. I, you know, if you have an SNES Classic, I think it's on there, it isn't is, it? It yeah. is. It is one of the few
0: ways to play that game like faithfully because uh, it has the – was it the Super FX chip? It had yes. some uh, chip in it that, uh, that emulators just have a hard time uh, – processing correctly yeah and i from everything i played a little bit on the sns classic i'm like holy shit like i haven't seen the game look like this in so long like the yeah. last time i've been playing was on the the gba version mm-hmm. which i also loved but you know it had some some issues yeah wow i love it when this works out perfect timing here on uh, 20 28 years ago on october 3rd 1989 prince of persia oh. came out on apple 2 and uh II. <laughs> one of the one of the first video games i ever played um, no way. at yeah my at Kevin's house where uh, his mom bought a computer at a garage sale and we like booted it up and then we saw there was games on it and Prince of Persia was one of them and there was just something that that might have been the, the video game that instilled my my love for games and understanding the the creativity they have in the level design and stuff where I filled in the gaps of what wasn't being shown like Prince of Persia is the like the original one very grid based where it's like you hit right and he takes one step yeah one step and you have to time the jumps and it's very like it kind of reminds very me rough around the edges very rough yeah. and it, it, in a modern day thing it, it's kind of like a flash game on the internet <laughs> where it's like sure. you're just kind of like hitting right on a, on the the keyboard and hoping things work out um but then you, you'd fall and it's like some pits you can go down some you couldn't then you have to fight you get the sword you have to fight the soul and there's all these uh skeleton like just skulls around and i uh, I could feel the world, you know. I was like this. I, I, I'm filling in the gaps to understand this universe that they're creating for me, and it, yeah. it, it felt like when you watch movies and you're just transported somewhere else. You're, you're
1: it, in the world
0: that's created. Playing Prince of Persia did for me for video games what Star Wars did for me for movies.
1: I wish we could say the same about the movie. Oh my god, the movie god. was was rough. It was a rough one. It was a rough one. It was man. rough. God, I. W- Sorry, we're like I'm getting a little tangential. What do you, why why do you think that we can't get a, a good video game movie? It, it just you to know, me to me the best one we got is Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and then no, that's not uh, even that, a,
0: that is the best one. Yeah, uh, because it's about video games and it's about the love of video games, yeah. not about a video game. Um, I don't know, man. It's video game movies are interesting to me because there's so much they have to get right, and it's like the once you take the video game aspects out of the video game, it's not as good. yeah it takes away what makes it special and not that i'm saying this is a good movie because it is not a good movie yeah but i think it is a good video game movie where i'm like oh they they nailed what they were going for dead or alive i never saw it dead or alive did something interesting where they just took these over-the-top fucking characters and were like guess what they're gonna be over the top they're gonna they can jump and kind of float in the air and do all this like shit that's like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon—that like people can't really do, and it doesn't translate well from video game to movie. However, they essentially treated it like pro wrestling. Yeah, and they're like, let's just commit to the over-the-top characters and all that. But the one thing they did that I've never seen other video game adaptation movie adaptations do is, they there was like, you know what? There's a fighting tournament. You guys are going to fight against each other. They implanted some bullshit in their head that made health bars. So when you'd see them fight, that you'd see the health bars. And so it's like they put the health bars in the game or in the movie, and it was just like, this is a video game movie. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like you made it work.
1: Yeah, interesting. uh, That's fascinating, too, because I think the director of those movies is the guy who directed and produced the Mortal Kombat films and went on to go do Resident Evil. What was his name? Paul Anderson? Did he direct Dead or Alive? I think he did. Oh, my God. I could be wrong. That is really, really uh, weird. People in the chat might be yelling at me, but I'm pretty sure he did. Interesting. I did I did a video on RE4 last week, and I remember researching and finding that out, that he he did Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 and Dead or Alive. And then Resident Evil. And then, the Resident, Evils. And then wow. Resident Evil, yeah. Hm. And
0: then finally, 29 years ago on October 1st, 1988, Super Mario Bros. The Lost Levels came out on Famicom. The true Super Mario Brothers, 2. The true Mario Bros. 2. You ever beat that game? I did. I beat it on uh, Mario All Stars. I did too. And man, that game definitely rough around the edges. And it's like, whoa, they really just made a sequel to Mario Brothers.
1: Do, do you like Doki Doki Panic Mario Two? Love it. I do too. I love it. I think it's great. I don't know why. I don't think there is like a weird thing about it, but I definitely mm-hmm. feel that people kind of are weird act about like it's not a real Mario. Well, because they think that Mario Three is the best, which inherently it's it is. Great. But but I feel like Mario Two wasn't trying to be. Mario One. It was trying to be something different. Yeah. Even though it was it was a different game altogether. Yeah.
0: But I know I love Mario 2. It's it's so, so damn good. Yeah. Um, But I mean, I love the real Mario 2 as well. Like I feel like Lost Levels was like, hey, fuck it. We're giving you Super Mario Brothers, but it's hard as hell. Yeah. Like and then there was so much bullshit where they're like we're going to outsmart you. You think you know how to outdo this game? You think that you can jump over the flag? We're going to punish you for it. Yeah. Because everyone always tries to jump over the flag. And in lost levels, you can. Yeah. And when you do, you can't go back. And it sends you, you're in world six, and it sends you back to world one. Mm-hmm. It's like, you motherfucker. You found assholes. a secret. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. wait. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, you man. didn't. It was very special game to me. Now, I'm going to do something very rude right now. I drank way too much LaCroix, so I need to go pee. Sure. So can you entertain people for
1: no 30 problem. seconds? No problem. You got it. Uh Hey, guys, what's going on? I'm by myself for a second. Um, yeah. Uh, what what do you guys want to talk about? I don't know. Can I, can I pull up the chat and talk to those guys for a little bit? Is that possible? Let's see. I'll, I'll take the time right now to talk to the chat. What's up, guys? What is going on? I am right now reading the chat. Let's see here. A good movie based on a game, Silent Hill. I'm trying to say I don't know if I saw the sign Silent Hill. Hey. <laughs> it's the Gerard Show. It's definitely not the Gerard Show. Um, oh man, what are some other video game movies that were really disappointing? Assassin's Creed was so close to being good. Really? It was so close to being good. It was the kind of movie that they they like f- they focused on the aspect of oh I want to I want to play or the Abstergo part of it because Assassin's Creed's always been like you play a majority of the game in the past or in in some form of history and then in the later half of the game or you know in the spotted aspects of it you're in the current day when you're trapped at at Abstergo the movie was the exact opposite where like it almost took exclusively took place in the current day and then yeah you don't even get to No, the whole thing about Assassin's Creed is you get to play as this really cool assassin yeah. who has a really interesting backstory and he's com- participating in this random, you know, quest for a, a relic or an item. And then it's kind of a big reveal that, oh, he's actually, it's actually not real. He's in a confined world. Whereas in this one, it's like from the very beginning, you know, it's fake. And and you know. Yeah, they treat it like a prison almost. It's like, oh, this guy's a prison from the very beginning right away. And so, man, I don't even remember the name of the assassin they focused on. that Because each Assassin's Creed, right? You know, Assassin's Creed 1, you're Altair. Assassin's Creed 2, you're Ezio. Assassin's Creed 3, you're, you're uh, the... Oh, man, I, don't even, I didn't play Assassin's Creed 3 yet. It was on my list. Black Flag, you play as Connor the... Uh, is it Connor? I think it's Connor. Connor the, uh, the pirate. And then you have all these cool things. And then... I, you have zero attachment to this character. Right. I do not I don't care about the character I'm playing I'm watching in the Assassin's Creed film. Did you watch have you guys talked about the Warcraft movie? Uh we have not played we've not talked about the Warcraft movie. Did I, I so <laughs> I saw the Warcraft movie, and here's the thing. I love going into movies not knowing anything about what I'm watching. So in the case of Warcraft, I have I dabbled in Warcraft, didn't really get into World of Warcraft. Went and saw the Warcraft movie, had no fucking idea what was going on from start to finish. I tried. I genuinely sat there and tried to ingest everything out of the Warcraft movie, and it was just too much. I, c- I couldn't understand it. Yeah. How did you hate the Warcraft movie? I You know, visually, blown away. Fight scenes, action scenes, great. I could not tell you a single main character or purpose of the movie. I have no idea. I, I, I genuinely watched the whole thing. Not
2: remembering anything but the cool scenes. So I played World of Warcraft for like five years or something like that. Yeah, um, and I still don't really know the lore because you play online with your friends and you're talking during all the scenes. And like, I didn't read the novels. I wasn't that type of person. But I, I thought the movie was fine. Like, it, I when I when it ended, I was like, not terrible, not a terrible movie. And I was like, pretty surprised by that. And I think a lot of it came from, I was shocked that. Some of the characters had American accents because you think mythical sort of fantasy movies you expect to orc, everybody yeah. has an accent, and all oh my lord, yeah, friends, but like there was just some straight up American accents. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, yeah, but it's like it's some of the races had different accents, which is I thought it was cool. Warcraft movie, Tim, not, te- not terrible, really, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like not good, but uh,
1: <laughs> I just oh, like I said, as someone who never saw never played warcraft let alone world of warcraft i had the hardest time keeping up and i was hoping that it had that like easy consumable side of it but it definitely requires you to do a little a little not like explorative lore but at least have some basic understanding as to what there is definitely a barrier to entry it's almost like destiny where you have to like kind of find the lore of the game (laughs) off the game
0: Well, I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry about that. No, it's all good. That was quite the experience. I I, I had to pee so bad, and I go, and then Andy's in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, I had that moment of panic where I'm like, do I pee off the roof? Like, what do I do? Thank you for conversing with me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we're going to... Listener mail section. You can go to kindofunny.com slash gamescast just like so many people did to ask some questions. These are all focused on you, my friend. Oh no! Napson wants to know now that you're doing re reviews on your first 120 games on your channel, <sighs> what games are you most excited slash dreading to complete again? Oh man. So, some man. background real quick is you had 100, there's 120 games that you have 100% completed that you've made yeah. videos for. So, the, the those f- had to get taken off your channel. Mm-hmm. So, you now like, fuck it, I'm going back. You're going to replay the games yeah. again, re-100% mm-hmm. them, remake the whole new videos, modernize it. You're a crazy person.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, unfortunately, I had a pretty bad public falling out with my, my former friend, Greg, and uh, he wanted me to take the videos down, and our lawyers talked it through, and I wasn't getting a response from him, so I just said, you know what, I'm going to take... I'm gonna take away the stress and 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 the guilt and the anger that's kind of been pent up in me over this whole public debacle, and just remove them as he requested, and make it about giving back to the fans and and giving a second a second shot a second polish because in six years ago so much has changed in gaming I've changed a lot and I I I didn't you know I, I look forward and building my company and my brand and, and the show and I really thought I don't want to sit in the sit there and think about a game and get sick to my stomach because of a video i once made that now is no longer there i Mm -hmm. want to really give it a second chance and so um i'm calling it the completionist new game plus and it's fantastic
0: (laughs) what great brand
1: yeah (laughs) and it's it's essentially uh i'm acting as if uh, i'm reviewing the game for a second time because if people search on youtube they'll find the first rendition of the video somewhere and so it's kind of like a hey If you've never seen this game before, great. We're going to talk about today. If you've seen my other video, so you you know kind of where I already stand. So let's take a a more thorough look again. And so I'm doing all 120 games again. And the first one starting is the word started Mega Man X. I'm starting with that uh, next Tuesday, actually. So I'll be debuting that next week. I'm very excited, very nervous. Uh, To answer your question, the, the games I'm training the most right now, Cave Story. Cave Story was a very rough game. Very, very hard uh, Hyrule Warriors is also another one I'm scared of because I the DLC wasn't out back then, and now I have to redo all the DLC. Oh, see, this is cool. It's yeah. so like new added elements now. Yeah. Um, Catherine, which we talked about at lunch. Catherine and, and Metal Gear Solid are, are games that I love to death, but completing them almost killed me because they're, the time investment and, and the amount of energy that goes through making the show is very scary and large, and those games alone, you know, I put in, I think I put in... I want to say like 100 plus hours in Metal Gear Solid and over 100 attempts to just beat it. And it's... So Metal
0: Gear Solid, like the thing that's most challenging is...
1: Beating, beating the game under three hours to achieve the big boss ranking status. But you can't have killed anyone. You can't be spotted. You have to just play through the game as if you are a ghost. and Under three hours. I basically became a Metal Gear Solid speedrunner. And to have to do that again, that... that that's probably the most terrifying one that and five Nights at Freddy's Mm. because admittedly I did five Nights at Freddy's because I don't really do YouTube trends in terms of like, well, let's see what everyone else is playing. But I, I took that chance with five Nights at Freddy's because there was an undeniable presence of it on YouTube. And at the time there was a lot of clout and weight to the difficulty of the game. And especially because Markiplier with 2020, 2020 mode. And so I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And, uh, that game legitimately gave me PTSD from playing games. Like I like I had to get a therapist and get like an EKG because I have to, you know, if playing 2020, 2020 mode, is difficult because you have your headphones on. And if you mess up, you're dead. And dying is loud, screaming, loud noises, and an image jump scaring you every time. And in order to get good, you have to have your patterns down, left door, right door, look, look, monitor. It's, it's this kind of high octane thing. And I did Fnaf one, then Fnaf two right away, and then Fnaf three a few we- a few months later, and I just kept doing them and doing them. But I I genuinely was like getting panic attacks from playing the games. And I didn't know if I was going through a lot of stress or my health, and it was a combination of those two things. But my therapist was like, "Yeah, this is from these games. They're giving you like this weird shock that's Holy kind shit. of tearing tearing you up." And so. Uh, that game is probably one I'm also I'm really dreading. So like, Let's do it again. Right, right, and I, I will do it again. I'm I'm not nervous about that, but I'm I'm so you're not. You're not shying away from any
0: game. You're no, every, every every game one. is back
1: on the table. All 120, even the ones that I hated. You know, Sneak King, uh, Sneak King. You know, uh, I love Dead Rising One, but like doing those those last few achievements are mm. brutal. Um, I'm also gonna be doing renditions of games that didn't exist before that I have no reference footage for. So, you know, uh, I did Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3 many years ago. Uh, the Crash Insane Trilogy yeah. is out now, which means now I have to do Crash 1, 2, and 3 Classic and Crash 1, 2, and 3 you, so New. So you're going to do Why? I'm going to do, do, do both. Why not just the remaster? Well, because the games essentially are the same, right? And I could do either or, but I, I definitely, from my perspective as someone who's analyzing these games, I want to see what's changed. And I think the only way to do that is to really look at both games at the same time and go okay magnifying glass aside what is going on here because the physics are different in crash Mm -hmm. insane trilogy versus the original so what's changed there um and so i'm i'm when it comes to that kind of stuff i at first was going to pick either or but i think thinking about that i have to look at both i think it's important. you know
0: what that relic on road to nowhere i need to do it twice yeah oh
1: god good lord i'm I'm gonna go
0: crazy i'm gonna go crazy (laughs) Uh, Jordan BZ says, how hard was it to 100% Breath of the Wild in a pretty short space of time? Is it the toughest game you've had to complete for the show?
1: Uh, Breath of the Wild was not hard. Um, I, I I think there was an essence of like, it's going to be hard. Watch out, Gerard. It's going to be a big game. And I, I instantly got over that fear the minute that uh, I started doing the shrines. When I got to when I got the 120th shrine, I was like, yo, that, that felt gratifying. I'm not... I still have plenty of steam and I'm, I'm still going. I, I think the Korok where I, where I went insane was um, the, the science behind Korok gathering. I, I in, in my video, I remember distinctly talking about how um, I bought four three versions of the legend of Zelda breath of the wild strategy guide, because each one came with a different map size and different map layout and all of the maps had conflicting information that wasn't correct and online the game was too new to really see what website had it correct and some of the the koroks especially towards the end game in in uh, ganon's castle you can't tell where they are because of that 3d top down forced camera thing when you get into those Uh into the dungeon areas and so i had to i literally had three maps and markers and every time i got a korok seed i'd go one two three and and check and I was trying to really make sure I did this, and my my whole complaint was I wish there was a way to track all these korok seeds. Now so there come- is. And then a week later, they announced the DLC with it, and even like mapping the perfect route on the roads. So, I it, that, it wasn't hard. It was just frustrating because when you're getting to that, you know, the last ten, and you're looking at a map that has 900 dots three times, and you have your IGN wiki here and your, your Zelda dungeon wiki here. And you're kind of like, none of this makes sense. I just see dots and colors again, not hard, just frustrating. Cause it's, it's all <laughs> overwhelming, but oh my definitely, God. definitely not the hardest. It was really a pleasure to play. Tabora wants to know, was there ever a game that almost made you quit completing games forever? <sighs> several, several, almost, you know, people don't realize that we produced the show up into the last minute that the episode comes out. We release every Friday at noon and we have episodes that are finalized at nine 30 in the morning and the whole team and I haven't slept and we're sitting there staring at this impossible wall. Um, Cave story was one because beating hell with one life is the worst. Um, you know, uh, there's a game that I haven't completed yet because it's too impossible to just cause I'm not skilled enough. Uh, Mischief makers for the N64. That mm. game is great. But you have to become a legitimate speedrunner to get good at it. And so there's been a lot of episodes where I've cried. I've I've broken controllers. I've shown a lot of rage and passion because I'm at that moment where I could not actually complete this game. And I, I kind of – this is a dumb thing that I don't really say out loud. And I'm going to be really embarrassed, but I think you understand. I kind of treat the completionist show as like my WWE title championship Hell belt, yeah. right? So every episode – regardless the belt's of the up for the belts up for grabs. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, out of doing the 200 plus games so far, I haven't lost that belt. And so every week, if the game is too hard, I have that philosophical conversation with myself of, is this the week where I don't make a video or I walk away from it? Or I say I didn't do it. And, uh, those are always the scariest weeks because it's like yeah. my whole business rides on this. My reputation rides on this. I might not do that this week. And, definitely just changes your perspective on how you look at games because it gets really masochistic at yeah. times oh, yeah God. i can, I can <laughs> definitely imagine uh craigle1234 says would you
0: ever consider completing one of the persona games persona 5 was the first game i ever completed and you inspired me
1: to do it yo i'm completing persona 5 later on this year oh yeah, yeah my first persona 5 my, my first persona game is persona 5 and uh Again, talking about games of the year, that's up there for me. Mm. And uh, I'm definitely not the demographic who plays those games. But, man, it has been a pleasure to play. That's a game that we didn't talk about that I have been playing is Persona 5. Um, it's definitely on my to-do list. Horizon, Zero Dawn, Persona 5, and Cuphead are the three that I really want to make videos on before the year is up. Awesome. And I'm hoping to do before it gets too late. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that means
0: that in addition to remaking the 120 games you're also doing new games as well
1: yes yeah, so every friday is new games every fr- i say new new in terms of the show the lore the lore of the Got show whether it. adding it's adding to the 120 yes yeah, so whether it's a new game that just came out or a game that's about to come out or a game that i never played from my childhood or whatever it may be but uh, on tuesdays i'm releasing the the remakes of the episodes i'm doing two a month so it's six completionist style episodes there hey you great go. Story. Perfect. Yeah. Um yeah, so six episodes a month of this of Completionist and Completionist New Game Plus are being released every month. So a lot You're of a lot of maniac. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically completing six games a month now. <laughs> All right, um, Peck Ricky
0: wants to know. Please discuss your different opinions on Star Fox Zero. Oh my god! Where do you? Oh come my down god! On this? I want to hear. I got to hear yours first. My opinions on Star Fox Zero are very in line with okay. the public uh, idea, which is it is a very, very bad game. Sure. Um, to to get ahead of this, I imagine you enjoyed it. Star Fox, <laughs> one of my favorite franchises ever, specifically, and it's kind of funny looking back on it now, uh, but Star Fox 64 is really the only one that I absolutely adore and love. Yeah, I'm with because you Because especially now going back and playing the Super Nintendo one and then now Star Fox 2, I'm like, those games are close to unplayable. Uh, in in the modern sense, yeah. And uh, when you go forward, uh, Star Fox Command on the DS, not my cup of tea. The gameplay was more like Star Fox Two, and I didn't really like that. Yeah. And um, then there was Star Fox Adventures, which is in a Star Fox game. Um, it's you know, it's obviously a different genre, different spin off. It it's it's its own thing. And there are R wing flying levels in it, and I liked those, but they didn't match the quality of sixty four. Then there's Star Fox Assault on the GameCube, which I will defend because I love that game. I do too. It has many, many faults. The on-foot missions are not fun. Yeah. The Landmaster stuff doesn't ever feel quite right. The R-Ring missions are perfect. Yeah. And the story in that game is so fun, and it's what I loved about Star Fox 64. Here's a, a world of characters, a cast of, of characters, the, uh, this whole universe where the planets feel different, and there's there's lore that, that you care about and that's building, and it's like... You 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 know, there's Falco and his little girlfriend, Cat And it's like, oh, there's just interesting, like, dynamics between, oh, Fox's friend, Bill, and, like, all this stuff, right? I loved that. Um, and then when we get to Star Fox Zero, it's like, all right, so we're just going to totally forget about the story progression we made between Star Fox 64 and Star Fox Assault. We're going to essentially remake SNES Star Fox for the third time. <laughs> Sure. You know, yeah. Like when you look at it, my biggest problem with the game is that the motion controls. But uh, my my biggest thing that I am upset about is the fact that it's the, at the end of the story. day, it's the same story, the same levels that you go through from the Super Nintendo one and the N sixty four one, but yeah. worse.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I could I I see that. I totally identify with that. I think that the narrative, um, I think I think. That's a different, a different tale of what a Star Fox game is, right? Star Fox sixty four to me is the pinnacle of Star Fox. It, it sets the right stakes. It's a reboot of the first game. It does it where it's really grandiose. It has this like Star Wars kind of feel where it's got camaraderie and friendship and catastrophe. If you're good at the game, uh, success. If you're good at the game, sorry, catastrophe. If you're bad at the game, success. If you're good at the game, and and branching paths and secrets. And I think to me, Star Fox Zero does a lot of what Star Fox 64 did very well. It does it on the same line from a narrative standpoint, though, it's almost the exact same. And so um, I think to me, I guess to me, I've always kind of seen Star Fox zero as a bit of a remake Versus like or a remaster rather versus like a brand new Star Star Fox game. It not like to me you wanted a new Star Fox experience. Well, the thing is, I, I definitely wanted a
0: new one. And, and that's why I liked so much about assaults. And then, again, it's funny. like I, I liked a third of assault. I really liked a third of assault. Yeah. The other two thirds didn't care for at all. Yeah. And I feel like with this game, it's like, yeah, if it was just a remaster, I'd be fine, but we already got that on the 3DS. Sure. Star Fox 64 3D is fantastic. Yeah. The graphics are way better than the original one. It runs way better, way less slow down, and it's a great game. Sure. So getting the remaster on the Wii U, then all of a sudden, like it's the motion controls that are not fun, and you sure. cannot turn them off. Yeah. And I, I'll, so much of the, the gimmicky things they make you do with the that little robot guy that would like go yeah, around the, the, and uh, I forgot his name. I, I
1: did too, but I know what you're talking about.
0: It wasn't fun. Like it was like, oh man, the camera's just getting in my way. Like the sure. boss fights feel like a chore. Yeah, and I'm like, everything I like about Star Fox isn't here. Sure, but there would then there'd be like pure flying levels, and I'm like, when I could wrap my head around the motion controls and it like I, it finally clicked. I'm like, all
1: right, this is cool. It's Star Fox, but then immediately something would happen. I'm like, <sighs> let me ask you this: Did you ever play co-op? No. So this is this is how I learned to play Star Fox Zero, and this is what opened up my mind a lot to really liking it. Because at first, admittedly, I, I put in about 60 hours into Star Fox Zero. Um, is it one of the games you completed? Yes, I did, a, I, did, I did a video on launch. Um, and I was actually... Ridiculed to death on the internet except for being the only person on the internet that liked the game, Um one of the one of the only few, at least from like the media press side, right? Absolutely. Um, You know, some people refused to even finish reviewing it because they said they were upset with it, and that to me, Polygon, right? That that really bummed me out because it's it's your job to do your to do your job. You know, you have to finish the game at the very least, and and I think like to not put a score on it is to just kind of say like kind of f you to the game, and that's not to me a fair some a fair right. assessment, but. um you know, if you're gonna give it a three out of ten, like at least tell me you beat the game. Um, but I think when it when it comes to Star Fox Zero, I played it at first because I was excited about doing co op. That was like my low key thing of, oh man, a co op Star Fox game. One person shoots, one person flies. That's like Star Wars to me, you know. Like oh, yeah. if Chewie's flying the ship and you've got Luke and Han in the in the blaster bay, that's really really cool to me. And so at first I I did a, I did two runs, one at, in co op as just the ship, and one in co op as the shooting. And when I controlled the ship, it was classic Star Fox sixty four, hundred percent. When you do that co op, you're playing just the ship. It's identical hmm. to Star Fox sixty four, and that to me was like, oh, this game is here. I actually like this, and so I started playing that more and more and more. And then when I started playing as the the shooting aspect, I immediately felt this like weight change of this is a little rough. This is the controls here is is it something I don't quite understand and I don't know. Why I like it or why I don't like it, it just doesn't connect and flow well. And then when I started playing it, doing my completion runs, I started really st- struggling to get the hang of it. And then I turned off the um, the secondary motion controls because you know, like you, there there is like a motion control thing you can turn off. Yeah. It doesn't stop the full motion. It was the but toggle
0: of the 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 cameras being able to to move with the. You're either moving the whole thing or you're or moving the, the the stick. Just the. The where you're shooting, and then yeah, you move the yeah, and so I analog. turned
1: that off, and I, I remember just grinding out um, the fight with um, Andros over and over again, and I hated it. I was getting angry and frustrated, and then somewhere in between that, I just like suddenly realized how to play the game. I just woke up and was like, oh, here's how you play, and so I started doing runs and runs and runs, and eventually you get to a point where you actually have to do every route possible to make sure that you got everything in the game like yeah. every branching route in one run and i just ended up falling in love with the game and so and, and davis I
0: d- loves it too right yeah the
1: zone. yeah davis and i kind of kind of shared that bond and i think a lot of it came from um instead of like being turned off from the motion controls i kind of said you know what i'm gonna let the motion controls take me for the ride that it wants me to go on and yeah. play the game they want me to play and not play the game that i'm trying to play and I once, get that and once i did that my horizons opened up so much more, but at the same time, I can objectively go back and go, that's a problem. You're you're asking, if I'm a pro gamer, and I'm someone who plays games a lot, and, I, and my job is to get good at games, I can find that enjoyment because it's my job to get good at a game. Playing a game like Cuphead's rewarding because you get good at Cuphead, it feels good to be good at a game, and then you can conquer it day in and day out. Same thing goes for Star Fox Zero. I sucked at the game, I got good at it, and I can appreciate well, it's every... It's platinum, games. yeah. Platinum game so that games. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but then you, but then you take a step back from Cuphead. You can go, oh, this game is very hard, but like it merits the reward of being good at the game. Star Fox is, you master it, you're always good at it from then on out. I can, I can pick up Star Fox Zero right now for everyone at home and beat it no problem, 100. But that's a lot to ask a person when your entry a barrier is barrier entry is please get good at the game. Yeah. You're asking too much of the person to want to get good at that experience in order to fully enjoy it, yeah. and that's where the flaws lie in. I think Nintendo's biggest problem um, has always been customization. Let the players choose how to play the game that you created, and they should have known from the beginning with, with the success of the Wii versus the Wii U. they're making you know, The Wii U is more of a hardcore gamer's console, it's what they wanted to try and instill, and instead... They forced the motion, the 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 motion controls. They fixed. They 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 tried to do that, right? They wanted to make sure. And I like the gamepad a lot. I think it's a really cool thing. I love that. That's why we had the switch now. I think it's a cool element. But again you're asking the player to learn how to play your game from a movement perspective instead of giving them the options that they want to play with
0: absolutely and that's
1: been Nintendo's crux for the whole thing of the Wii U just yeah. let the players decide how they want to play their game and
0: so an interesting thing there is you look at the Wii and you know despite it not having you know, the libraries that uh, the ps3 or 360 did and or even like when you look at the the GameCube or the the n64 and stuff like there's a couple great games on the Wii obviously mario galaxy I, i'd say like
1: about 10 yes, tops
0: exactly yeah but there's games that were made for the Wii remotes, and they were good with the remotes and the motion control is fun even games like mario galaxy that were hardcore games that are not motion controls. the motion was fun the motion was fine and it and added to the experience and it never got in the way of the experience the oh. wii u's biggest issue is they're like we need to make a sequel to the wii There needs to be something that fundamentally changes how you play games. Because that's what the Wii was. So they're like, we're going to do the gamepad. There's going to be a tablet. They never delivered on why the tablet makes games better. Wii Sports is the perfect example of here's how this is going to change video games. And then we saw those functions get added into the different games as they go. Whatever. The Wii U had Nintendo Land. Which... (laughs) Had a couple, right. a couple of things that were like, oh, this is mildly amusing. The Luigi's Mansion thing was kind of fun to play, whatever. But like there wasn't anything about it it's like, oh my God. Like, can you remember playing Wii Sports and stopping and thinking, Oh my God, imagine a Star Wars game. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait for the next real Zelda. I can't wait for this and whatever. And y- you started thinking about all this stuff. With the gamepad, there was never that moment where I was like, oh man, I can't wait for this experience. And it never came. On the Wii U. Yeah. The Wii U had some amazing games.
1: Fantastic games. I, I, I call the Wii U the Windows Vista of of, it super of, is, man. of Nintendo stuff. Because to me, and this is this is the crazy thing, and, and you and I can can fisticuff about this because it's interesting. Um, personally, the Wii U, despite the Wii U gamepad being the flaw of it, is one of my favorite consoles. And that's because the amount of first-party games that we got on the Wii U... That blows everything out of the water that the Wii came with, and even some of the stuff on the Cube, even though there are a lot of them are remakes, right? Um, but you look at the Wii U first-party lineup, and you look at it at Sony's and Microsoft's on the PS4 and the Xbox One, and you kind of start to realize that because third-party support disappeared from the Wii U, Nintendo had to go, okay, if they're not going to show up, we have to show up, and we have to bring the games. And aside from Star Fox Zero and maybe like New Mario Bros. U slash Luigi U. Every game that they put on the Wii U was like really well thought out and really purposeful.
0: So you don't like uh, New Mario
1: Bros. U? I like it. It's just, it doesn't, it feels like a sequel to New Mario Bros. Wii, which is a sequel to New Mario Bros. DS. And
0: I, I I mean, I've, Talk to people's ears off about this to death when it comes to like just the problem with the 2D Mario games now is they need to get off the same art style. Like yes, Dragon they the need time. to change they it need, dramatically. It needs to be something new. And they fresh. need their
1: Yoshi's Island attempt where Absolutely. it's like, let's make it weird, let's make it fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And,
0: but I think that the level design in uh, New Super Mario Bros. U is fantastic. Oh,
1: I agree. I agree with you too. So, th- I,
0: like, I sent up for that game. I agree with what you're saying, though. And again, I've said this so many times, but the Wii U's library is fantastic because we got so many. New IPs isn't the right word, but it kind of is. It's new IPs within the Nintendo IP lore. Yeah, Captain Toad,
1: Splatoon, so,
0: so Splatoon, which is is just a brand new IP. Yoshi's Woolly World and Yoshi's Woolly
1: World. We got uh, Super Mario 3D World, which I fucking love. That that to me, as like I I don't, I don't want to say it's my favorite 3D Mario because to me it's not a 3D Mario. It's 3D a different thing.
0: It's the third pillar of Mario.
1: Yeah, I, I would say it's. That, to me, may be one of my favorite games in the Wii U. Mario Mario 3D World is so good. The music, the atmosphere, the nostalgia, it's just, there's so much going for it. But what's interesting about the Wii U, going back to what I was saying about them, they
0: never really proved why we needed a gamepad, the thing that upset me so much about Star Fox is that Miyamoto and Nintendo decided to use Star Fox at the end of the Wii U's life cycle as the thing to prove why we needed a gamepad. Right. And I'm like, out of all the franchises you could have done, why Star Fox? Why the one that I've been waiting for for so long that's been dormant and had no chance of really coming back? And then when it comes back, it was clear from the first time we saw it. It's like, oh, this is too little too late. You're messing this up. And I think that when when that happened, and Mario Power Tennis is the other ooh uh, that's also
1: one that is really kind of boring. Right. It was
0: not good. It was and like, remember
1: everything you loved about Mario Tennis? It's not in it's this not game. not in this one, man. Yeah.
0: And so that's interesting where I can't stand by the Wii Use library as being this great thing because it had so many blemishes, especially towards the end of its life cycle. And it's interesting to look at it and be like, no matter how many great games it has, Tropical Freeze being one of my favorite Freeze uh, d platformers brilliant. of all yeah. time. And uh, all these other great games that are, Bayonetta 2, you know, all the shit. Bayonetta 1 and 2, so yeah. Great. You stop and look at it and you're like, we never got the a reason proper to have 3D, the- well, the, the game I think, but we never even got a proper 3D Mario. We never got a Metroid game. We never got... Well, we got Zelda, but at the very end, but it might as well just be a Switch game, right? Right. Are you hit it out?
2: There's six minutes left on this disc.
0: Oh, okay. I. I don't know why. Uh,
2: we don't know why it's like a freshly, a fresh disc.
0: That's fine. We can wrap up in six minutes.
2: Okay,
0: cool. We sure. Six minutes on the clock. Dude, to me, meet
2: you, man? man. You too, man. Take it easy. Come back sooner.
1: I would love to.
0: All right. So there's that. Let's, let's move on here. Um, that, was, that was a great question. Yeah, it was. It definitely
1: was. See, you can have good conversations, internet. That was perfect. (laughs) Games are cool. Games are cool. Games are cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nathan Palmer just says,
0: Question, how does Gerard stay so awesome? He's one of the coolest, most down-to-earth people ever. Make sure he has a chill day. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm having a pretty chill day. It's been fun so far. Good. Um... We had a couple other compliments to you here. We got Crimson Face. Is he getting enough sleep? I'm legit worried. That man works too much. Been appreciating the hustle for years, but God let him rest. Thank you. I'm getting sleep, I promise. And Lancer Giant says, how do you even manage to function with this mad schedule of yours?
1: I have a really good team. I I, I don't talk about it much, but I have 14 employees working for me worldwide. Nine in-house, five that work in remote locations. They are the backbone. Like right now, you know, uh, this week's game is Shadow of Mordor, and uh, while I have my PS4 with me back at my at my hotel because I'm not done with the game yet, um, I have a team who's editing all the voiceovers and the scripts and the and the sound effects, and you know they're they're keeping this going so that I can do things like hang out with you guys and and go to Nintendo press events and so on and so forth. And so, really, and I and I think you can you can obviously understand this too. Your team is your biggest asset. In anything that you do 100%. and without them none of this would be possible so my team is the reason why i'm still alive
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and then let's see
0: uh at has the says since you're reviewing the first 120 games will you be redoing final fantasy seven month?
1: yeah so so for those of you who don't have the context uh i did uh in in college i did an 18 page research paper on how i thought uh, Final Fantasy VII was the one of the biggest storytelling changing aspects of video games. I think that it set the precedence of how stories can be told from a cinematic point of view in gaming. And uh, I wrote this really large paper. And uh, when I graduated from college, I kind of said, "I thought this and took a video essay, kind of like uh, Daniel Dwyer does." Yeah. And, and I was very inspired by him and the stuff he's done in the past. And so um, I did. Uh, I basically took that paper and turned it into like an eight-part series where I explained every aspect and every single story element and beat and and thematic element of Final Fantasy VII. And it was at a time where uh, there was no remake in sight. There was no one talking about it. It just was like... There still
0: uh, is no remake in
1: sight if you really think about <laughs> we, it. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, but I, I did this this project, and it was this really big passion project of, of, of mine. And uh, that was probably one of the saddest things about taking those down because those to me weren't just completionist episodes. They definitely weren't. There was no comedy. It was just being genuine and having a good conversation. I brought in YouTubers and industry pros from all around the world to talk about why they loved final fantasy, what their favorites were, what they hated, what they really hated about final fantasy seven. And I made this cool, cohesive narrative. And, uh, unfortunately I had to take all eight of those videos down and expanded, um, you know, not just the main game, but crisis core, Having children, wow. it really was a big. You went in, yeah. I went in, yeah. I love Crisis Core. I do too. I, it's one of my favorite games. It's so freaking good. Story's I think so Zach is the best Final Fantasy. Zach's the best Cloud we'll ever get. Absolutely, like, no hundred hands down. Man. The end of that game, it gets. It's v- so beard. I bawling. I was nineteen. The game came out. I was bawling my eyes out in my apartment as I had my PSP dangle to my tv like yeah. opponent cables i'm looking at it on my widescreen freaking out because oh, wow. you know what's going to happen yeah, and, man, and you, you know it's you just, like titanic you, you, you yeah, know you the did, but you just didn't expect it to to, to hit you away. yeah oh, um it's such a special game so to answer your question if uh yes i will be redoing it and i'm going to be doing it actually more like a film so instead of it being eight oh, hell yeah. eight episodes it's going to be like a two and a half hour like narrative that's going to be more crafted to be like that, that so it, yeah it's not going to be completion episode where i show the ending or like show that my stats and stuff but i think by doing the the film it'll be a lot more rewarding and i think a lot more people will know at that point yes i did do this
0: yeah so man, that's so cool you yeah. work so hard i'm so proud of you <laughs> what you Thank do you, is man. so Thank awesome you. please go check them out youtube.com slash that one video gamer and if you want to support them on patreon patreon.com slash That one, Video Gamer. Thank you guys very much. Thank you so much for coming up here.
1: Thank you for having me. We're going to have
0: you more, man. Absolutely. This is good. This is really, really damn good. You guys always have my axe for anything you need. I'm down. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Well, until next week, I love you. Hopefully, you enjoyed that episode of Gamescast. If you did, click here to subscribe. You can click there to subscribe to Kind of Funny and watch Cooking with Greggy and other stuff like that. If you want to give us some money to support Joey Noel, click right here. She'd appreciate it.